Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Today we're talking about what God treasures. And I'll talk a little bit about my dad because it's close to Father's Day. What does God value most, making the great king's treasure our treasure? My father loved fishing. Most Saturdays, you could find Hyatt Moore in the San Pedro Harbor, baiting his hook, casting a line, and pulling in the fish. He was an expert. I know. He helped me catch my first and only barracuda. It wasn't a very big barracuda, but he was very proud of me. And I wasn't very nervous about it because it wasn't very big and it didn't take down the little boat that he had. Dad also loved his wife. He met mom at 18, married her at 22, and they went on to celebrate 73 and a half years of marriage before God called called them home. Sometimes mom felt like dad loved fishing more than he loved her until someone gave her a plaque Here lives Hyatt Moore with the greatest catch of his life, Betty Moore. That always brought a knowing grin. We knew dad loved fishing, but he loved Betty Moore. Betty Moore. Two great loves, fishing and mom. Dad showed the world what he treasured by how he lived his life. My heavenly father also has great loves, at least two. You and me and went to great strides to show the world what the father treasures most, a personal relationship with each child. I wanna do the same, to love what God loves, to treasure what the creator treasures and show it by how I live my life. The older I grow in Christ, the more I want to make our treasures the same, his and mine and live like God's priorities are my priorities. I fail daily, I'm sorry to say, but I'm learning that to succeed at all, I must first fully embrace how much I am our great God's treasure myself. Now, how do we know that we are God's treasure? Shortly before becoming engaged, I knew my husband was the one for me when he looked me in the eyes and said, There's nothing more you can be or do to make me love you more. Granted, he was blinded by love. As they say, love is blind, otherwise you would never get to the altar. But his proclamation right then, I remember where we were standing. It was outside at my parents' home uh, near Paradise, California. It was after dinner. We'd gone for a walk. And when he said this, I was reminded of Christ's love for us except that Jesus does know us completely and he still died for us. The savior is not blinded to our weakness and folly, yet still he treasures us. I hope that's of encouragement to you today. We are loved because God is loved by showing it through the gift of Jesus. 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. 
If I ever question I am God's treasure, I only must look at the cross and doubt no more. In our productivity-driven culture, it does my heart good to remember I'm on the receiving end of an ongoing invitation to live in God's presence. Not because of what I do or who I am. God didn't invite me more today than yesterday because I had my quiet time or didn't yell at my children or my grandchildren. Not that I have any grandchildren, but you know what I'm saying. You and I don't have 24-7 access to our Father because we were good when we were eight years old and better at age 58 or 69, or because we pay our taxes or we keep a tidy home or serve green vegetables on a regular basis. God's love isn't diminished by bad behavior, nor does it expand with our earnest endeavors. I think that's worth repeating. God's love doesn't diminish by our bad behavior, nor does it expand with our earnest endeavors. The shepherd's love is holy identity. And I can't change that. It's who he is. The more I sit in that truth, the more relief I feel. God's pursuit of you and me goes back to creation, creating us out of love, not out of need. The Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, already intact, widened their sacred circle and sent out the invitation. Come on in. You're welcome here. And wouldn't you know it? You and I got red carpet treatment, a carpet stained by the blood of Jesus, who didn't just say it, but showed what love is. You remember that great song from My Fair Lady, where Audrey Hepburn sings to, I can't remember his name. She says, show me that you love me. Stop talking about it. God spoke it, but he also did it. John 15 13, no one has greater love than to give up one's life for one's friends. As Billy Graham said, the cross shows us the seriousness of our sin, but it also shows us the immeasurable love of God. Now that is a conundrum that only God can fix. And he did it through Jesus. There you have it. The love of God, immeasurable. We try to figure it out, but some things can only be shown. And we are shown by what great lengths the Almighty took. Once I embrace how much I'm loved, how can I make how can uh, that make a difference in how I live? Since God treasures me, I know who I am. Identity is a hot topic in politics, classrooms, even churches. In the 1960s, young people roamed the world trying to find themselves. Nowadays, you can't pass a public restroom or hear a college orientation speech without scrutinizing the question, who am I really? Because I know God treasures me, I know who I am. There's something basic about that. My identity stands firm amidst the whirling winds of uncertainty and debate. Among the many descriptions you and I can claim, these two stand out. I am found and I am secure. One day while visiting Disneyland as a small child, I got lost. I remember looking around and no longer seeing my mom. I walked around a few corners and then back down another street. I don't remember feeling any real fear until I caught sight of mom rushing toward me. That's when I cried. 
I'm sure mom felt the terror that hadn't touched me yet. She and her girlfriend had been searching, calling security and panicking like good mothers do. But then I was found. I was lost, but then found. In Luke 15, Jesus tells three stories which illustrate God being the great finder of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the long lost prodigal son. You're probably familiar with that story. All three stories show off God's heart, a finder of treasure, you and me. Our Abba Father won't quit until we're found. And then there's always a party. I love that about God. Adonai knows how to celebrate. Jesus described the shepherd, and when he finds it, he is thrilled and places it on his shoulders. He's talking about the lost lamb. When he arrives home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, celebrate with me because I found my lost sheep. In the same way, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who changes both heart and life than over 99 righteous people who have no need to change their hearts and lives, Luke 15. What difference does it make that we are found? When we know someone has come after us, it makes us want to love and serve our finder. We may even weep with the thought of it and then throw a party. My brother was a lost son or a black sheep as we refer to him when we tell his story. God went after him. It took over 10 years. At the time, I'm sure my mother thought it would never happen. She prayed and she cried. But once found, there was no turning back. When Hyatt got found, he gave God his all, his whole life. I've heard the story over and over, and I never get tired of hearing it. He and his wife went on to become full-time missionaries with Wycliffe Bible Translators for over 30 years. He celebrates his salvation day like a birthday, because it is. He invites his friends and retells the story of one who was lost but now was found. When we know we're worth finding... We want to spend our lives in grateful service to the great finder who never gave up looking for us. Paul wrote, he died for the sake of all so that those who are alive should live not for themselves, but for the one who died for them, for the one who found them and was raised. That's from 2 Corinthians 5.15. Since God found me, it makes a difference in how I want to live my life. I no longer want to live for myself. Secondly, because God treasures me, I am secure. At age 30, I changed towns, I changed jobs, and I changed friend groups. I thought I was ready for a change, but I didn't know how these changes would throw me in ways I had not experienced before. Because I've been teaching for 10 years, I had allowed my career to become my identity, danger number one. We aren't what we do. How easily we allow our role, our job, our what, to become our who. And when our roles change, by choice or otherwise, we feel a little unsteady. And our souls may wilt a little when we re-navigate our self-worth. Not only was I surprised to feel so unbalanced, I didn't like my new title. I was assistant to the assistant or some such thing. I couldn't even find a plaque for my desk that explained who I was. 
I was bothered. And that's when I realized, hey, Sue, you have made your self-worth equal to your position in a well-respected career rather than sitting securely in the truth of God's love. I belong to the Most High God, and that's what counts. God allowed me this little shakeup to show me my pride and to teach me a great lesson. I am not a job. I am not a role. And I am not a title. I was proud. And my confidence rested in me, myself, and I. How insidious the slippery slope can be. I had to confess Lord, you are all I need. I am secure in you. Doesn't matter what I do as long as I listen and obey. My job title isn't me because I am your treasure. To be secure in Christ makes all the difference because our roles can be roller coasters. You're a college student, then you join the workforce. I remember when my oldest graduated from USC. She kind of mourned it a little bit. She goes, Mom, I know how to be a great student. I'm not sure I like this job thing. You're single, then you're a young married, perhaps a divorcee or a widow. You run a business, you homeschool, you coach a soccer team or teach Sunday school. Then all of a sudden it seems the kids leave and you wonder, when will you stop making nine by 13 casseroles because no one needs that much food anymore? I could add, I am not what I cook. Circumstances change, you know that, but why does it always throw us for a loop? Rolls roll out like mutinous marbles, not always under our control, but who I am does not. I am secure in Christ. Now, since God treasures me, I know how to live. I walked out of the dressing room of an upscale clothing store and announced to the young woman in attendance because in that kind of a store, there was a woman in attendance. Of course, I only had sale items in the dressing room. And I said, I think I'll take all four. She smiled at my enthusiasm. And as I walked closer, I asked, so Molly, what is your big dream? I had just returned from Bob Goff's Big Dream Framework Conference and big dreams were on my mind. Molly took a moment and then replied, my dream is to keep things simple. She continued, you see my seven-year-old daughter went through three brain cancer surgeries this past year and I've learned to focus on what's important and that means to keep things simple. Oh Molly, I'm so sorry, I replied as I reached out and placed my hand on hers. Thank you for telling me. Can I share your story with my friend Lindsay? Her daughter is also seven and went through brain cancer this past year. We exchanged information. She's following my blog. She spoke with Lindsay on the phone. I was honored to hear her story and let her be seen by the God who sees. Like Hagar in the wilderness, Hagar named the Lord who spoke to her. You are El Roy because she said, can I still see after he saw me? Genesis 16, 13. I want to be God's eyes on others so they know the everlasting Father is looking out for them. Too many times I don't see with God's eyes because I'm busy looking out for myself, like a cat licking herself from head to toe and then all over again. I focus intently on my hurt, totally immersed on my anxiety about tomorrow and altogether 
miss coming alongside someone who needs to know God sees them and cares. I have to admit it, what I treasure informs how I live. I value good coffee, so I spend money on good brands. I treasure a quiet corner with a good book and Afghan, so I make that happen. I value my husband, a poster child for introverts, so I don't have dinner guests every night of the week. What we do shows what we value more than what we say. A young man or a long married man like my dear dad may proclaim his undying love, but get distracted at the first sign of a good fishing spot. I don't want to be distracted from what God intends for me to love the world like the great and awesome God loves the world. What he treasures, I want to treasure. My actions gain eternal significance when I allow what God treasures to inform my lifestyle, to love another like the King of Glory loves, to see their pain and show them the healer, to listen to their fear and show them the Almighty God, to note their loneliness and show them the Everlasting Father, to love them in their brokenness and introduce them to the Savior. When I make God's priorities mine, I can look at the world through Elroy's eyes and not worry about the world which may or may not be looking back at me. I am one of God's treasures. You as well, by the way. The sustainer of my soul said it and showed it. When I'm strong and secure in that truth, I better show God's heart to those in my path and life. As Jesus described, Aren't two sparrows sold for a small coin? But not one of them will fall to the ground without your father knowing about it already. Wow, that's pretty cool. Even the hairs of your head are all counted. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Matthew 10, 29 to 31. Think about your identity today. Do you know that God has sought you so that you can be found? and that he loves you, and that he loved you all the way to the cross. Have a wonderful day in your identity in Jesus. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.